This episode of the New Christendom Daily is taken from a live radio broadcast. There's no scripts. There's no do-overs. There's no cuts. It's just from a live radio show done by a guy with a microphone and a set of earbuds and a radio show who pours his heart, his mind, and his body and soul into one thing, bringing about the New Christendom Daily. This is a headline from the New York Times. This is from two days ago. Most people haven't read it. Glenn Greenwald is where I saw this at yesterday. Even though I have a New York Times subscription, uh, Greenwald was like, uh, please, I implore all of you that follow me on Twitter to go read this essay or this report in the New Teenochtitlan Times. We are no strangers to human suffering, but we've seen nothing like the siege of Gaza. The signatories are Michelle Nunn, Jada Dion McKenna, Jan Eglund, or Eglund, Abby Maxman, Maxman, Jeremy uh, Konijic, and Janti Sorito. None is the president, chief executive of Care USA. McKenna is the chief executive of Mercy Corps. Eaglin is secretary general of the Norwegian Refuge Council. Maxman is president and chief of Oxfam. Uh, Konjic is president of Refugees International. And Sorapito is president and chief executive of Save the Children U.S. We are no strangers to human suffering, they begin. To conflict and natural disasters, to some of the world's greatest, largest and gravest catastrophes. We were there when fighting erupted in Khartoum, Sudan. As bombs rained down on Ukraine, when earthquakes leveled southern Turkey and northern Syria, as the Horn of Africa faced its worst drought in years, the list goes on and on and on. But as leaders of some of the world's largest global humanitarian organizations, we have seen nothing like the siege of Gaza. And, and, and by the way, the United States Department of State... Is now, uh, are they officially asking about the white phosphor? Or is that just a slip? The United States State Department is now asking the, oh, here it is, White House Council uh, concerned by Israel's reported use of white phosphorus shells in Lebanon. The Biden regime has acknowledged report that Israeli forces may have misused U.S. supplied white phosphorus agent against Lebanese people in at least one cross-border skirmish in October and indicated the U.S. would look into the incident. White phosphorus is a component sometimes used in smoke, illumination, incendiary munitions. Doesn't it burn your skin? Isn't it like kind of like Agent Orange? Doesn't it, if you incinerate it correctly, doesn't it burn you? While its use as a smoke-producing agent is not necessarily problematic, the use of white phosphorus as an incendiary weapon could run afoul of Article 1 or Protocol 3 of the 1980s UN Convention on Certain Conventional Weapons. Here's a question. 
Why are you making weapons like white phosphorus then if you're not allowed to use them? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Miniature play, are you there that we are, that, 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 they, that they make chemical weapons? They make chemical weapons. Apparently they make chemical weapons with the intent to use the chemical weapons. With the Israelis using them, I must have missed out on the part where we where the United States was assisting the genocidal homicidal lunatic called Benjamin Netanyahu in the indiscriminate murder of the people of Lebanon. What the hell did the Lebanese people do? Oh, that's right. They ain't Jews. Oh, maybe they're harboring a dun 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 dun. Member of Hamas. Can't have that now, can we? Gee, what if there's some Hamas here in Marika? What if Netanyahu finds out that there's a, a Hamas cell in an American hospital? We have ordered our allies in Washington to eliminate Hamas threat at Cedar Sinai Hospital where we believe Hamas cell is hiding out using American human shields. This will not deter Israeli Defense Force from killing all human life within 10 square miles to get to Hamas. Using white phosphorus now. Hey, but that's okay because I'm sure someone in Lebanon responded to a pollster and said, do you support Hamas? Oh, yes, yes, I do. <gasps> okay, we're going to tell President Netanyahu, don't be surprised if he doesn't wipe your little country from the face of the earth. You know, if you tell a pollster you support Hamas, that makes you a terrorist. And that means that we can indiscriminately kill you and anyone that's within 100 square miles of you. You know that, right? No, I didn't know that. Uh, no, can I take that back? Nope, 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 no take backs. I'm exaggerating a little bit just to make the point here. The people of the United States, especially those that are cheerleading this on, you will pay for this. You will be held to account. There will be an accounting for this. You're not going to be able to say that you flew, you flew your stupid little white flag with your stupid little satanic symbol that's supposed to be a symbol of holy Jews, that star that you think is so holy. You need to look that up, by the way. There was going to be an accounting for this. The blood, the lust and the thirst that's on your hands, it's on your mouth, and it's on the end of your pen, on your pride book, and your Twitter screed. You are going, if nothing else, God is going to want to know why you encourage your government, governments around the world, to continue the slaughter of innocent civilians. So this piece in the New York Times that they put on their online editions continues. But as leaders of the some, some of the world's largest global humanitarian organizations, we have seen nothing like the siege of Gaza. 
In the more than two months since the horrifying attack, and then they get into the usual R-S-T-L-N-E, that you must apologize and say it's the greatest, most horrific attack in the history of the human race. 1,200 Israelis were killed by Hamas on October the 7th. We all know the story. 240 people were abducted. It's an atrocity. It's an invasion. There were civilians. Yes, there were civilians that were killed. So... In this day and age, though, if you throw the word Semite and Jew in there, though, two wrongs do make one right. They continued after they make their case that, okay, look, we acknowledge the 1,200 killings, but here's what's happened afterwards. About 18,000 Gazans, including more than 7,500 children, have been killed, according to the Gazan Health Ministry. More children have been reported killed in this conflict than in all major global conflicts combined last year. Now, those of you flying Israeli flags on your social media, do you also claim that you're pro-life? Does life begin at conception or does life end at the conception of a Palestinian child? Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. The atrocities committed by Hamas on October the 7th were unconscionable and depraved, and the taking and holding of hostages is abhorrent. The calls for their release are urgent and justified, but the right to self-defense does not and cannot require unleashing this humanitarian nightmare on millions of civilians. By the way, is this the uh, the test run for what some of you think uh, our leaders here in America under the regime want to do to us? Hmm? Again, asking for a friend. It is not a path to accountability, healing, or peace. And no other war can we think of in, in this century have civilians been so trapped without any avenue or option to escape to save themselves and their children. So in other words, the citizens of Gaza and of what remains of Palestine are being told, no, no, go south and go here. Go, we want you to go here. <clears throat> and then you know what the Israelis do? We have discovered Hamas with the refugees that left Gaza to the south of Gaza on the Strip. And we are systematically eliminating the, uh, what we believe are Hamas elements there. But wait, you told civilians to go there. The IDF was dropping leaflets telling the Palestinians to go where the IDF is now dropping incendiary devices. Are all of you still cool now with your little Israeli flags on your social media? Because they could do no wrong. Remember, Zion is Abraham's promise come to life. These are the holiest of all holy people. So I guess all of this just kind of falls into line. No wonder people have questions about Christians and what they really believe these days. Most of our organizations have been operating in Gaza for decades. Now let's just stop right there. Why are these humanitarian outfits, the five that I named, why have they been operating in Gaza? 
Thunder Gaza was a paradise heaven for where these Hamas guys ran around the streets, built bombs and public and stuff, and then existed off the, the quadrillions of dollars that supposedly the Iranians were sneaking in there. They were dancing, running around, eating falafel chicken. Why would they need humanitarian assistance in Gaza? Let's find out. But we can do nothing remotely to remote. Uh, we can do nothing remotely adequate to address the level of suffering there without an immediate and complete ceasefire and an end to the siege. The aerial bombardments have rendered our jobs impossible. The withholding of water, fuel, food, and other basic goods has created an enormous scale of need that aid alone cannot offset. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Jim, if you were on the other side, we had the right, that really the Jews, the holy Jews of Abraham had the right to starve to death by thirst and starvation. Anyone that's not a, a holy Jew. Really? You're gonna have to explain that one to me. Anyone? Anyone. Because Nikki Haley's right. A world without a strong Israel is a world without a strong America. Oh, okay, I get it. But the withholding of water, fuel, and food and other basic goods, I'm not so sure that that's what these wonderful mavens of all things loving and holy and made in the image of God. I'm not so sure that that's made in the image of God. I don't know. Apparently, I don't know very much these days. Neither do many of you. They continue. Pages of the New York Times, editorial, conditions in Gaza, being still, right now, exacerbated. Global leaders, and especially the United States government, must understand that we cannot save lives under these conditions. A significant change in approach from the U.S. government is needed today to pull Gaza back from this abyss. Don't worry, though. Mike Johnson has assured everyone that American taxpayer dollars are only being used to indiscriminately murder Hamas terrorists. Oh, and anyone that's within a hundred-yard radius around him, you'll get incinerated, too. But then again, you shouldn't have told that pollster that you supported Hamas because you should have said, no, the people that have been rationing our water and food for the last 20 years and trying to starve us to death, we support them. Everything's wonderful and viewed through the eyes of little America and Americana, ain't it? And our comfy little environs going, like, those rotten terrorist bastards over there attacking the holiest holy people in the history of the holy world. They get what they deserve. Because you've actually known, you've met with these people, right? You know this search situation. You know the situation on the ground. Sure you do. Okay. I, I, I thought that you did. A significant change in approach from the U.S. government is needed today to pull Gaza back from the from this abyss. For a start, the Biden regime must, must stop its diplomatic interference at the U.N. and stop blocking calls for a ceasefire. Oh, we love some war, don't we? Especially when it's a holy war. Oh, yeah. We love it. Since the pause in fighting ended, we are again witnessing an exceptionally high level of bombardment and an increasing ferocity. 
The few areas left in Gaza that are untouched by bombardment are shrinking by the hour, forcing more and more civilians to seek safety that does not exist. Over 80% of 2.3 million Gazans are now displaced. Yeah, but they told that pollster they deserve this. Remember. The newest Israeli offensive is now forcing them to cluster on a teeny sliver of land. Oh, don't worry, they're going to get rid of that too. The bombardment is not the, uh, is not the only thing brutally cutting lives short. The siege of and blockade surrounding Gaza have led to a critical food scarcity, cutoffs of medical supplies, yeah, but, you know, Jews, Poles, and electricity and a lack of clean water. There is barely any medical care to be found in the enclave and few medications. Surgeons are working by the light of their mobile phones without anesthetics. They're using dishcloths as bandages. The risk of waves of waterborne and infectious disease will only grow in the increasingly overcrowded living conditions of the displaced. One of our colleagues in Gaza recently described their struggle to feed an orphaned infant, who probably got what they deserved, who had been rescued from the rubble of an airstrike. The baby had not eaten for days after her mother's death. Got what she deserved, though. Colleagues could only scrounge up powdered milk not formula, not breast milk, and not a nutritionally suitable infant food to help star stave off her starvation. Before the war, hundreds of truckloads of aid were needed each day to support Gazans' daily existence. Only a trickle of that required aid has now made it into Gaza in the two months since the war began. But even if more were allowed in, our work in Gaza is dependent on ensuring our teams can move safely to set up warehouses, shelters, health clinics, schools, and water, sanitation, and hygiene infrastructure. Today, our staff members are not safe. They tell us they're making the daily choice of staying with their families in one place so that they can die together or go out to seek water and food. Among leaders in Mordor, there is constant talk about preparing for the day after. But if this, if this relentless bombardment and siege continue, there will be no day after for Gaza. It will be too late. Hundreds of thousands of lives hang in the balance today. So far, American dipl diplomacy in this war has not delivered on the goals Biden has conveyed. Protection of innocent civilians, adherence to humanitarian law, more aid delivery. To stop Gaza's apocalyptic freefall, the Biden regime must take tangible measures, as it does in other conflicts, to up the ante with all parties to the conflict and bordering countries. Secretary of State Blinken once said of the war in Ukraine that the targeting of heat, water, and electricity was a brutalization of Ukraine's people and barbaric. Well, the Biden regime should acknowledge that the same holds true in Gaza. While it has announced measures to deter violence against Palestinian civilians in the West Bank, Blinken and his colleagues should, all, should apply similar pressure to stop violence against civilians in Gaza, too. The harrowing events unfolding before us are shaping a global narrative that, if unchanged, will reveal a legacy of indifference in the face of unspeakable suffering. Bias in the application of the laws of conflict and impunity for actions that violate international humanitarian law. The U.S. government must act now and fight for humanity. Don't wait for it. The Biden regime has no intention 
slowing down or stopping. Mm -mm. This is being made clear. I am completely and totally revulsed by some of my colleagues in quote conservative close quote media. John Daniel Davidson, front page, Federalist.com today. Not acceptable, John. A ceasefire should happen in Ukraine, but there should not be one in Gaza. John, you call yourself a Christian, bro. You don't want to be here at judgment. You don't want to be there having to explain that headline and your call for the continuing, continuing. This is straight up murder of innocent women and children. And yes, there are men. But Zionism must prevail. And it is anti-Semitic, too. So we all are getting what we deserve, I guess, this Advent season.